Episode 15 of A Mini Mantis. Joe and Sam are with me. Hey, this is 15, so I thought I'd tell you guys about 15. 15 people on a rugby team, each side. Did you know that? I still don't understand the sport at all. Uh, I know that it's like soccer, but you can hold the ball and run or something. With a leather football, you know, like a larger, maybe, football. Yeah, it's a little bit. Has a little bit more girth, and it's 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 maybe a little bit longer than a football. You can never say girth. Yes. Oh yeah, Still I can never say it. Yeah, girth Brooks. Uh, so, <laughs> and also another something else about fifteen. If you're in Pakistan, I'm gonna save your life. Uh, and something goes south, don't dial nine one one. Dial one five. That's their emergency number. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. That's all I got on fifteen. That's smarter. The fewer digits, the better. That could save twelve lives mm-hmm. every hundred years. I think. <laughs> Imagine how many people got nine one and then oh yeah too late yeah. for that second. How one. many victims are just laying there and their phone says nine one? Yeah, it's like didn't have time. Not in Pakistan. One five. They're one there. Five. You're, yeah, that's you're right. Good. Uh, as I was looking at that, there was like some that have eleven, some that have twelve. I mean, we're kind of. Uh, I think there's a nine nine nine. I think someone has a nine nine nine. But uh, yeah, so nine one one is not universal. No. Hmm. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Um, maybe don't go to Pakistan. I don't know. I don't know how Pakistan tourism is, but I know they had a thing not too long ago. So it, we'll just kind of. It yeah. does. It takes less time to dial the emergency help in Pakistan. That is much farther away. Yes, and arriving maybe via mule or something. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't claim to know, but uh, I don't know yeah. anything about Pakistan? Just thought I'd throw that out there. It goes with number fifteen, I guess. Okay, I like it. So, how is everyone tonight? I'm fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I'm Fantabulous. Really, really tired of this rain. Oh, yes. Yes. It, like, it's June. Every couple days. And it hasn't really been warm yet. Yeah. yeah. I went to buy some deck, uh, Thompson's Water Seal. Yeah. We're not sponsored by them. It'd be nice. But anyway, uh, I went today to buy that, and the guy says, yeah, all you probably need is two sunny days and spray it on one day and then spray it on the next, you know, two sunny days in a row. I was like, okay, looks like I'll use this in August. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, we can't string together two sunny days in it these days. Now, so I, don't know. I put a pool in and <laughs> like haven't even got to use the daggum thing. You know, it's Memorial Weekend. Well, we're a week out as far as this right. episode is going to sure. be the, the week hey, after Memorial Hey, you're breaking Memorial the fourth day. wall. I know that, Sorry. but I'm just saying, people are like, man, that was like two weeks ago. Right. But it's Memorial Weekend, Memorial Day. What better day to kick off jumping in a pool? Yeah. And it was like... Yeah. 50 degrees yeah. or six, maybe 60. That yeah. water is going to be about the same at that at that point. So I <laughs> yeah. like, can't, even, can't even enjoy a nice Memorial Day. You know, it's funny. I, I spent much of Memorial Day in a pool, my, but it was my father-in-law's pool that is, is heated, yeah. thankfully. So it was like bath water. It was amazing. Man, yeah, my neighbor's pool's heated. <laughs> and I was like, I should have just sprung for the, sprung for the heater. Yeah, but it won't be long. That's just going to be... Yeah. I mean, we'll... The way it is around here, I mean, either you're, you're cold or hot. There's yep. not a lot in between, so hot is coming. I yeah. guarantee it. And we'll be complaining about that. <laughs> but at least right. we'll have that pool. To I know. Compl- I mean, you're sitting in a pool. You can, you're not going to complain that it's still hot. This yep. will be the Dawn of Mantis pool cast. That's yes. right. We'll be yes. out there in floaties. and If you guys could uh, support us on Patreon, we can get waterproof equipment. That's what <laughs> we're looking for. Waterproof yeah. mics. 
And I my like kids it. have got somehow accumulated enough pool flotation devices that won't even all fit in the pool now. <laughs> like you could jump in and just hit a pool floaty. You, you could know? just walk across the pool exactly. on floaties. That's what yeah. we should. We should have a stunt where we try to run across it. Like, where did all amazing. these come from? Yeah. Now we can't even get in the pool because it's nothing but <laughs> flotation devices. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. It's a good problem to have, though. You got you got your choice of of your flotation device, something yeah. that sets you in the water just just the way you want it. You're not There's gonna some round inner tubes and a giant like floaty dinosaur thing. <laughs> that, and, dibs on that, you know. Dibs all on kinds that. of things out there. Is it is it a brachiosaurus by chance? Because that those are my favorite. By the way, we have some playlists out there. You can find us on donamantis.com. You can find our Twitter. We have Instagram and all that stuff. Pretty soon, we're about to release a new playlist of all our favorites, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of really cool jamming stuff in there, new and old, but mainly old, and we were listening to it before the podcast. We think you will be happy, so uh, Yeah, I think think that's the way I've been taking it, is more the stuff that draws inspiration. Not new, but the the older stuff. Well, all of it on there is older. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say any of it's new, new, but all of it's probably at least a decade old, but... Uh, yeah. primarily it probably seems like we got a two decades. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying like we have a kind of a seventies vibe going on right now and, and that's totally awesome. Cause that's my grill out music. I love mm-hmm. to grill yeah, out exactly. and then have some, uh, cool seventies jams going. I would going. go as far to say as like, it's a very good yacht rock playlist. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. dressed for a yacht. You are. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's in all white. He's either a podcaster or he's going to paint your house. Well, that or... <laughs> or I'm on yeah. the... Miami Vice. Also. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to say I'm on the Abbey Road cover. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. We go a lot of places with yeah, that. That's right. That's right. So, Joe, what do we have today or tonight or whatever it is? It's going to be a good one. Good. Oh, nice. We are going to do a podcast uh, about one of the most decorated soldiers from World War II, a man called Mad Jack Churchill. Sounds like a badass. He... Was and if you and if you listen to last week's episode, yeah, this is the uh, topic we thought we were going to talk about last week. Oh and, yeah, and that's right. That's right. Had, had so. to do Elliot Rogers. a curveball. To... Yep. Yeah. Elliot Roger here. Oh uh, yeah, that I guy. Hear about it? Yeah, man. <laughs> I had enough of him. Go on our Instagram. We posted. Uh, did we post a video of him on Instagram? A or picture. Just a picture. picture okay. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a character. So. Jack Churchill was an outspoken, bombastic, fearless, and eccentric man who made a name for himself through his heroic and often bizarre actions throughout several armed conflicts, but especially World War II. You don't hear the word bombastic enough. Bombastic, Mr. Fantastic. Yep, there you go. Yep. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> we should all try to say that at least three times in our, in this week to random people about something. You're at home eating dinner. That's our homework. These uh, pork chops are bombastic, honey. Yeah. She'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> You're trying to be funny. <laughs> All right. Not only was Jack Churchill, that's who we're talking about, brave, and I love how I scold you guys for that. I always, you notice that? I've, no, I've listened to the podcast. I've scolded you guys for going off topic, and then like I go off topic 30 times more. There's not uh, one innocent man on this podcast. No, I'm such a two-faced like hypocrite. Yeah, I'm not, sorry. that's not very bombastic of it. <laughs> hey, there's one of your times for the week. Not only was he a brave and highly decorated soldier, but he was also a part-time actor, an expert marksman with a bow, an accomplished bagpipe player, and an avid surfer. Yes, I just said all that in one sentence. I was, I was thinking Rambo until you said bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, true to his Scottish roots, he'd often lead his men into battle while playing the bagpipes with his Scottish broadsword at his side and a long bow slung over his shoulder. 
He is, in fact, the only man, as far as we know, to kill a Nazi soldier with a longbow in World War II or any other time. I Not just, any other time, because if you go back, everybody used bows. But, you know, during the more modern conflicts. What were you going to say? I just You ever just have a funny vision? I just He's, like, surfing, and he's, like, he's real tired. He goes back to the bank, and then he gra- grabs his bagpipe, like, right after it. <laughs> Everyone else is sitting there drinking a beer or whatever. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I just think that'd be extremely... I just picture that so i married an axe murderer ruined bagpipes for me because now all i just think if you want my body and you think i'm sexy we've got a piper down uh he is in fact the only man as far as i know to kill a nazi soldier with a longbow in world war ii amazing the exploits of his life sound almost too fantastical to be true like standing up in the face of hundreds of guns and leading the nazi charge while playing a war song on the bagpipes or escaping a Nazi holding camp and walking 90 miles to allied France, only to re-enter the fight immediately after. You know, John Rambo killed a lot of Vietnamese with a, <laughs> with a long bow. That's true. With that exploding Actually, tip. I think it was more like a compound bow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. See, yeah. No. But he killed a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, but, you know. Yeah, and he had that exploding tip that like, could take out a helicopter. Hindsight, it's twenty twenty, but wouldn't the machine gun the entire time be better? than a bow i'm just saying i mean is the bow i guess stealthy stealthiness yeah but mm-hmm. there's not always a need for stealthiness like if you're being attacked by 20 people <laughs> what's stealth gonna do like I didn't he shoot a helicopter with yeah. a bow okay yeah. so i don't think you need to be stealthy when there's a hell you know <laughs> gotta pick my quiet weapon it's like he's got a giant machete but he pulls out a butter knife I don't. You know what? I went. I was coming. I was coming back the other day. I was in my work truck. I go through McDonald's drive-through. This this is relevant. Not really, but anyway, uh, right behind like my seat, sticking out where you can see it as I drive by. It's kind of sticking out there. Is a machete. It's like a perfect uh, yeah. spot where I just stick it behind my seat. The handle sticking up, part of the blade you can see. I get my food from the girl at McDonald's. She leans out the window and she goes, "Is that a machete behind your seat?" This is a true story. <laughs> And I and I forgot it was. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That's you know, if I'm at work and I gotta like cut down some like thicket or something, and she goes, "Can I have it? Can she have it?" That's what she asked. So I guess she wanted me to just go, just pull it out and hand it through a McDonald's drive-through window, and give it to her. And I was like, "Uh, you don't want that. I mean, I've had that for years. It wouldn't cut butter. It's all dull." And she was just like, "Oh man." It was super weird. Who a asked very for weird your machete. I don't know. Like, that's mine. Don't ask for yeah, my stuff. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Don't ask for my machete. I just told her what I did with it. Yeah, I used it at work doing this and that. And then she's like, Can I have it? You should have. Very weird interaction. It's one of those things you could go back in time and she's like, She's asking about it. And you should have got really dark. It's like, Don't you ever look at that machete. <laughs> Me. You know, it's like, then she has like a weird vibe about it and she calls the cops. Well, what's if I had pulled it all the way out, she would have seen that I used it in a Halloween decoration a couple of years ago. I'm talking about the machete. Uh, let's, let's come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> if I had pulled the machete I'm all back. the way out, I had sprayed red spray paint on it and it dripped down to make it look like blood. Oh, and, that's awesome. And I made like a Michael Myers with a pumpkin head in my yard. So that's still on the machete. <laughs> so it would have been like, here, you can have it. Here. <laughs> Here. I'd rather have your fingerprints on it anyway. Have this murder weapon. I mean, machete <laughs> weapon. That's awesome. So yeah, this guy was a true badass. I was going to say all-American badass, but he was from Britain. We'll get to that. Um, he actually did all the things I just mentioned, and that's why he earned the nickname Mad Jack. Wait, I thought he was from Scotland. 
Well, he's Scottish roots, but he was from, uh, okay. he was British, yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys all about it. John Malcolm Thorpe Fleming Churchill. Ooh. Longer name than Elliot Roger, I think. Leave, save some names to someone else. Was born, <laughs> was born September 16th, 1906. John, who would become known as Jack, because naturally. Yeah. By the sure. way, what Just, the hell? Well. Same with Jack Kennedy. Oh, what was it? John F. Kennedy. I don't. Yeah, Richard Dick. We've already talked about all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, isn't that weird? How did you, how do you get Dick from Richard? That's yeah. my question. <laughs> you might have to ask him. <laughs> yeah. Get him drunk. I don't know, but <laughs> Oh. That's what somebody said. <laughs> check the box. <laughs> it's like John, Jack, Richard, Dick. So how do you get Dick Jack, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, John, who would obviously become known as Jack, because obviously was third-generation military, as his father Alec and grandfather John had been in the civil service. Jack and his family moved around the next few years, namely to Dormansland, Surrey, and Hong Kong, but were back in their native England by the time Jack was 11. That's quite a move, like a lot of moving, those yeah. two names that you said. Yeah, it's like, where'd you, live, where'd you move to? Uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and um, Australia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh. We moved a little bit. Because, well, it was just like civil, because of the civil Oh, service. yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's just kind of funny. By this time, Churchill's, uh, the Churchills had added two more siblings, Thomas and Robert, uh, who would also go on to achieve some level of fame in World War II. But tonight, we're focusing on Jack. Okay. Jack was educated at King William's College on the Isle of Man, after which he attended the Royal Military College in Sandhurst. While at the RMC, he appeared in a film called The Thief of Baghdad, in which he displayed his impressive archery skills. Oh, all right. After graduating the RMC in 1926, he was commissioned in the 2nd Battalion of the Manchester Regiment and sent to a signals course in western India near Maharashtra. Nice. Okay. He acquired a motorcycle while there and rode it over 1,500 miles across the Indian subcontinent. This guy, go big or go home, is like yes. his motto. It's yes. Like, I'm just going to mess around on this motorcycle for 1,500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Most of you wusses would ride it a mile and trade it off for something else. He was the, yeah, he's the guy that like, if you just wanted, like you mentioned yachts a while ago, if you just wanted, let's go out yachting and we'll listen to some credence and drink some wine. He'd be the guy that, like would take off his shirt and put a knife in his teeth and like, <laughs> I'm going to jump down and stab yeah, right. that dolphin or something. It's just yeah. something insane. And we're going all the way across the ocean, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than a three hour tour. <laughs> uh, 1500 miles across the subcontinent on this, uh, he crashed into a water buffalo somewhere along the way. <laughs> of course <What>? he did. <laughs> of course he did. Sideswiped a buffalo. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> He's like asking the buffalo for his insurance. I don't know. There's nothing. I thought it would work. Jack also spent time in Burma before eventually leaving the army in 1936, 10 years later. But he wouldn't be out of the army for long. In the meantime, Jack relocated to Nairobi, Kenya. This guy was a globetrotter. Oh, yeah. Not the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Where he worked as a newspaper editor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. As always, though, Jack always had several irons in the fire. Shortly after this, he appeared in another film, A Yank at Oxford. <laughs> Star- <laughs> I received a yank at Oxford while I was... No, I'm just kidding. I think it... Yeah. Uh, starring Lionel Barrymore, the great uncle of actress Drew Barrymore. Wow. And the following year, Jack represented Great Britain at the World Archery Championships in Oslo, Norway. You know, Forrest Gump was extremely jealous of this guy. <laughs> you know? I know. True. Freaking did everything. <laughs> I know. Hey, 
Maybe Forrest Gump was based off of this Maybe, guy. yeah. Yeah, he's done a little bit of everything. It he happens. run from coast to coast? <laughs> <laughs> no, he rode on that bike. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Forrest Gump didn't hit a water buffalo, though. <laughs> this guy's more awesome. It happens. What? Shit? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, water buffaloes happen. <laughs> uh, his life may have continued down the path of just doing all that crazy shit. Well, he, he still did crazy shit, but doing all that non-military-related crazy shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, and pursuing his hobbies had it not been for the outbreak of World War II. Oh, man. When Hitler's Germany invaded Poland in September of 1939, Jack leapt back into service, anxious to fight the Nazis. Yep. He was assigned back to Manchester Regiment, which was sent to France, and then sent to France, sorry, in the British Expeditionary Force. In May of the following year, while fighting near the French village of Yapinet. I think that's <laughs> Churchill. <laughs> Churchill spotted an advancing German patrol. As the Nazis approached a hill overlooking the village, Jack quietly retrieved an arrow from his quill, placed it in his longbow, and slowly drew it back. Oh, so, he's Rambo and so Rambo. He's Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Moments later, without a sound, the lead German soldier fell dead to the ground. Ooh. Was he like behind a mud waterfall and then he <laughs> appeared out and you could only see his eyes? <laughs> I wish. He's so badass. Yes. Look at those Nazis over there. Those <laughs> Nazis. Pretty good. Uh, I, the only problem is I could understand it. Oh. <laughs> or you would have nailed it. Imagine him being your commander. And everyone's like, I don't, what do you say? I don't know. Well, in May of the following year, while fighting near the French village of La Pignette, Churchill spotted an advancing German patrol. Already read that. As the Nazis approached the hill overlooking the village, well, whatever, he uh, retrieved an arrow from his quill, placed it in his longbow. I'm reading it twice. I'm, I'm still good. I don't care. You're, Leave this in. Don't edit it out. You're reiterating. That's, yeah. that's good. Casper ate a walnut. Casper ate a walnut. If you didn't know that, he Jack, ate a walnut. Jack drew back a bow. We'll be there. I don't know. Oh, there we go. Moments later, without a sound, the lead German soldier fell to the ground dead. Seconds after that, machine gun fire rang out from Jack and his men, and multiple German soldiers fell dead to the ground. Those remaining, but they had the machine. <laughs> right? What was the? What was what's the, the point? Is it just a braggadocious? Like, what? I'm going to take out the false guy <laughs> with a with an arrow. Yes. And then when he falls, brrr, the rest of them. Wouldn't it? If you could, if you had that skill, I'd want to at least kill one. I think dude. it was a bet. Yeah. You know, like, hey, <laughs> do you think I can? Do you think I can take out one of those guys from this range? Yeah. No, I don't think you can do it. Oh, let's just see. Yeah. You know. Have your machine gun ready for backup just in case yeah. the arrow misses. Yeah. Or even if it does hit, you know, because obviously they're going to see the guy die. Well, you can't hit arrow sticking. You him. can't get him with an arrow because he's 20 <laughs> leagues or meters or Deutschmarks or whatever the hell they use over there. Well, that's why I chimed in because that took a little bit of the badassery away to know that if he misses, <laughs> the machine guns are there, you know? <laughs> it's not like he's going out on a limb, you know? No, he can't, like, Orlando Bloom it from Lord of the Rings where he's just like, fire, fire, yeah. fire, like, pulling arrows out, like, at one every two seconds. Legolas! Or like Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye, yeah. Those remaining returned fire, and Jack was wounded in the arm. He and his men were ultimately cut off from their regiment, but Jack was able to lead his remaining men through enemy lines and out of danger that night, back to brigade lines. Oh, all right. For this, he was awarded the Military Cross. There we go. In 1941, Jack joined the Commandos and was made second in command. Was he in there with Arnold Schwarzenegger? They were looking for Predator. 
I know I'm I'm mixing movies, yeah. but so he went commando all of a sudden. Went, <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, in 1941, he's like no more underwear. He wore a kilt anyway, though. They don't wear underwear in the, Ooh. Under so he was always commando. I wish you wouldn't have told me that. I always assumed they did. <laughs> Man, they're free balling. Yeah. yeah. It's not a great sight. In December, he was put in charge of a raid on several Nazi garrisons in Norway. In what would become characteristic, Jack left uh, the landing craft dressed in a kilt and playing March of the Cameron Men on his bagpipes before drawing his sword and leading his men in the capture of several shore batteries. Sword? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's There's machine guns there. <laughs> I mean, you, I think why, he what's, he had a bunch of guys with him that symbolism, I guess. But he's like, cover me, and he's just got the sword. It's kind of douchebaggery a little bit. Oh, don't doubt dare. When you have like no, modern I, weapons and you have a sword, I don't know. It reminds me of um, Braveheart. No, uh, Monty Python. Whenever the <laughs> no. two guards are standing guard at the castle, and uh, who was it? Like Sir Lancelot or Galahad? One of them comes running in and like just. Goes yeah. to stabbing everybody all the way up to the you know tower <laughs> where he thought the damsel in distress was. <laughs> that turned uh, out to be the son that just wanted to sing. I know. No, don't sing. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> stop that. Stop that. <laughs> There'd be no singing while I'm king. <laughs> and we've we've pulled Monty Python into another every, episode every time, which is awesome. Every I think time. we should. Well, for the sword stunt, uh, he got a, another military cross for that. Why wouldn't he? Right. Nobody else had done it. Well, in July of 1943, Jack and his two commando unit captured a German observation post outside the town of Molina, I think, in southern Italy. He and a corporal infiltrated the town and captured the post, taking 42 prisoners, including a mortar squad. Just two of them? Uh, yeah. That's what I read. Wow. That's what it said. Dang. That's what it said. Because they, they broke away from the group. He and one corporal captured 42. That's why he's a badass. Yeah. And he probably did it balls out, kilt on, sword to the wind. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Maybe they, maybe they were just so confused, they just laid down their weapons, and they were just like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he is doing. Confused them to death. We've got you surrounded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well... Bagpipes have like a surround sound kind of effect. Yeah, that's true. There's it like, sounds there's like, like there's four of them sticking out in different yeah, directions. Right. It sounds yes. like there's different people playing. There's a whole band out here. Surrender. <laughs> when I tell them we got them surrounded, you start playing from the other side of the city. <laughs> they went up to him and said, what, what will it take for you to lay down your weapons? And they said, we want a shrubbery. All right, that's enough. We're... <laughs> Okay. There it is again. Churchill led the men and the prisoners back down the pass to Salerno with the wounded being carried on carts pushed by German soldiers. He received the Distinguished Service Order for these actions. Mm. It's like every time he went out, he brought back a medal. Yeah. In 1944, Jack led the commandos to Yugoslavia, and in May, he was sent to recapture the German-held island of Brock. He landed with 1,500 partisans, I believe, 43 commando, and one troop from the 40 commando unit and fought valiantly throughout the day before eventually deciding to resume the battle the next morning. That next day, the fight continued. What? He he decided he wanted to resume it the next morning. <laughs> so he's like, all right, we're going to stop for the night. Pretty much. 
Isn't it weird how, like, in the Civil War, Ivan, you told me that there would be, like, both sides would be like, all right, hold on. There's, like, a horn that goes off. No Burr. one shoot. And they'd go out and collect the dead. And, mm-hmm. like, that, isn't that weird? Seven o'clock, there's going to be a truce. Yes. Yeah. Wait 12 hours, and we'll start again in the morning. I think that that's the case, except for, like, some of the crazy ones, like Shiloh and Gettysburg. I think that was, like... I don't think they did anything like that. Oh, that was all or nothing? Yeah, I think. Uh, somebody that's more steeped on it can can chime in, but I think that that was kind of a thing where they're like shelling back and forth and not much stuff is happening. So then they're like, let's collect dead. But uh, I don't think they stopped any of those crazy ones, but I don't know for sure. Well, on YouTube, I don't know how I stumbled upon this, and I don't know the exact name of it, but there was an interview, and it's from a 1960s BBC show interviewing like a 93-year-old World War One vet. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. He was 93, but he was sharp as a tack. And yeah. it's, it's like a 40-minute long interview. And he was talking about how when they were in the trenches, and he said the same thing. He was like, the enemy was over there. We were over here. We would go hungry because they kept knocking out our supply lines. Mm-hmm. We would knock out their supply lines. They were starving. And he said, after like three weeks, we came to a truce. We stopped firing on each other's supply lines. Mm. isn't it weird i mean he said it's it's weird to think that but it's like we were we reached an agreement where it's like we're tired of starving you're tired of starving and so they when they saw supply lines they would just back off and they until both sides resupplied then they'd go back to killing each other it's so bizarre yeah that's crazy it kind of takes some of the strategy out of it (laughs) well yeah i mean a lot of military strategy is is choking off supply lines i mean yeah that's that's what was the whole thing to capture vicksburg in mississippi they wanted that because they could control the Mississippi River, and that's a huge supply line thing. And because they were able to do that, that's probably why the North eventually won and they surrendered, um, just controlling supply lines. Let me remind the audience that Ivan is saying, giving us this information while dressed in full army fatigues, <laughs> including <laughs> yes. a camo hat that doesn't fit. <laughs> what? It's not Civil War, but it is army. Yeah, it is. I it mean, is. that's the, you picked the perfect night to wear that. I did, yeah. I didn't know I was going to be talking about Civil War. The next day, the fight continued until everyone was either killed or badly wounded, except Jack Churchill. He was the only dude out of like all those people that was not dead or wounded. He was blocking it with a sword. Ding, 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 ding. Could be something to that. Like Jedi. (laughs) Uh, Jack was literally the last man standing. And as the Germans approached, dropped all his weapons, and he stood there defiantly playing, Will ye no come back again on his bagpipes until he was knocked unconscious by a grenade. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was kind of slipped in there yeah oh there was a grenade no it's it's cool oh yeah they threw a grenade near him and the concussion was enough to knock him out (laughs) this is what i I pictured it somebody threw one and didn't pull the pin (laughs) (laughs) damn it franz i've told you you must pull the pin before you throw the grenade or else you just might as well throw a goddamn coconut he's just standing there you know playing his bagpipes and a grenade just comes in and hits him in the head and he gets knocked unconscious and the general looks and is like man it worked i guess i mean you He's got the good arm. What I was going to say before that before <laughs> that little bit of information was thrown in was like, did the dude just keep his bagpipe slung over his shoulder like a guitar? That way when oh, he yeah. finished, he could just like I sling so. it around and start playing? I literally, I'm not joking. I believe so. Yeah. I believe he did. There's pictures of this dude in battle with his bagpipes. Look up J- Mad Jack Churchill and you will find, there's a picture of him like jumping off one of the boats on the beach with his bagpipes and sword. Well, you could have the mouthpiece in your mouth, and you could probably be shooting. Can oh. you imagine how 
badassery that is. That'd be awesome. And you, the whole time it's like a one note, like ringing out. That'd be awesome. Or you're playing Kill 'Em All by Metallica <laughs> uh, via bagpipes. I don't want to ever be killed in war, but that'd be a bad way to die. <laughs> and how did his bagpipes never get shot? I mean, probably just a hole in those yeah. pipes. Yeah, that if. Oh, yeah. oh Mad Jack's been shot. <laughs> it's like, that was just a bagpipe. Just one of me blatters. That's all. <laughs> if I if I'm the opponent, uh, you know, I'm gonna be shooting for those bagpipes. That's that's the morale of his troop. His his you know yeah. his commando troop. Yeah, got to kill that. To, yeah. to kill the bagpipes. So we got Mad Jack playing his playing his pipes yeah gets knocked out by a you know what maybe didn't even explode it just said he was knocked out by a grenade it may have been an unpulled grenade oh wow that just bounced off his melon i mean those things are heavy they are yeah when he awoke he was in nazi custody he was initially take mistaken as being some relation to prime minister winston churchill that's what i thought that's yeah. what i've been thinking the whole time uh nope no relation huh. so probably a lot of churchills maybe so maybe over there in that that area of the world Jack was then flown to Berlin for interrogation before being transferred to Sachsenhausen Sachsenhausen concentration camp. Yeah, man. Now, Jack should have been killed via Hitler's infamous commando order, which ordered all commandos be swiftly disposed of upon capture. Mm -hmm. But he was spared death due to a merciful German officer named Captain Thuner, I think, of Warmacht. He told Jack... You are a soldier as I am. Oh, I'm sorry. He told Jack, you are a soldier as I am. And I refuse to allow these civilian butchers to deal with you. I shall say nothing. And having received this order. So he let Jack go. Let Jack go. I always <laughs> found it amazing. You know, that story right there. Mm-hmm. The dude has killed a ton of them. Sure. And he got captured. And then he... Maybe he didn't he bring it go. up, you know. Maybe same he... thing with like Rambo. Sure, killed a ton of them, got captured. Yeah, and then they had multiple times where they could have killed sure. the dude, and then he escapes. Yep. Yeah, and then he kills all of them. You know who had it figured out was Scotty Evil. He was like, "Why can't you just kill him fast?" I was exactly. just thinking of that. Yeah, we've got him right here. You always do this. Yeah, just kill him right now. Look, I got a gun. We can go. We can do it together. And he's like, no, we have to do some crazy scheme and, and not look, not watch it happen and yep, assume it went according to plan. Yeah, laser beams. No, yeah, I'm, you're right. I mean, you can probably find other tales of that. It's like... But yeah, I mean, all that was in the movies, but that's a real life... Sure, example. You know, he just probably respected them too much. Um, maybe, he, so. maybe he didn't know about all the others, you know. He might have just known about this particular case. I mean, we caught you playing bagpipes. And we threw a grenade at you, and you, it didn't kill you. Yeah, you're obviously a badass. Yeah. You're okay in my book, even though you're trying to kill my cause. <laughs> <laughs> After the war, Jack was able to personally thank Thuner, I guess it's that, for his decency and return the favor by helping him stay out of the hands of the Russians. Oh. Wow. So he actually went back and helped the guy out hmm. for not killing him. Hmm. You wash my hand, I'll wash your yeah. hand. Yeah. This sounds like something that's way too prolific to say on this podcast. <laughs> but sometimes in the deepest depths of human depravity, you will find like a totally unexpected glimmer of like humanity like that. Mm. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say that like in some of the just most awful situations, there'll just be this thing that's always, you know, it just blows your mind. But <laughs> if this Nazi guy was in any way responsible for anyone dying at a concentration camp or being gassed or someone sent to a, 
I don't like the fact that the guy's like, yeah, let him go. Yeah. Keep him away from the Russians. I don't know. I get it. Like, you you helped me. I helped you. I feel like at least this guy was fighting on the side of light, and that guy was fighting on the side of dark. Definite point. But, hey, you know, I'm sitting here in the 2020s, you know? What do I know? It was a different time. I guess. In September of 1944, Jack, three Royal Air Force officers, and Major Johnny Dodge escaped Sashanshahajan using a tunnel dug by themselves in secret. With forks. <laughs> Maybe, for all we know. Yeah, could have been. Churchill and Royal Air Force officer Bertram James attempted to walk to the Baltic coast, but were captured near the German coastal city of Rostock. Oh, man. After this escape, Jack was moved to a more secure camp in Niederdorf, Austria. However, Jack would escape this camp as well in April of 1945. I just hear Morgan Freeman after he escapes every, <laughs> every camp. Oh, yeah. Is that what you were thinking the last thing? Yeah, on the just on Came the last out clean one. on the other side? Yeah. The last thing that went through that Morden's head, other than that bullet, had to be to figure out how the hell Landy Dufresne ever got the best of him. Churchill watched for another opportunity to escape once getting in the uh, this more supposedly secure facility. He uh, kept a small rusty can and some onions hidden in his jacket in case the sudden opportunity should present itself. I'll survive. How? I've got some onions and a rusty can. <laughs> I don't know. He was uh, like a MacGyver or something. He could do something... Maybe you can make some kind of... Well, all he needed was a small rock hammer. Yeah, he That's did. It. And a poster of a rock whoever hammer. was hot back then. Oh, uh, it was uh, Raquel Welch. Yeah, Welch. Yeah, it was Raquel right. Welch. The time frames for that joke, they match up now. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Because later on, he did have that. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> Maybe they based Shawshank Redemption off of this guy, too. And Forrest Gump and... I don't know. Rambo. Rambo. <laughs> Golly, so many awesome things. We'll find another one as Joe talks more. Okay. <laughs> On an April night in 1945, the oppor- opportunity to escape presented itself. When the camp's lighting system failed and Jack slipped into the darkness, he just walked. I guess the lights went off and he just walked away from the camp. Headed for the oh, Alps in Italy. <laughs> this huh. is my opportunity. Well, it's just one off him. Just going to go for a walk. That's what it says. He just... Grab his, if he sold his bagpipes, he just put them on his shoulder, started playing, and walked off. I think he went over that way. Jack walked for, this is serious, Jack walked south for nearly a hundred miles. That's nothing for him. Keeping off the roads and stealing vegetables from the gardens of random dwellings that he passed along the way. He crossed the Brenner Pass into Italy, and eight days after his escape was finally discovered by an American battalion. Jack, who was filthy, battered, and limping along on a sprained ankle, looked terrible and convinced them in a rusty, exhausted voice that he was actually, despite his appearance, a British colonel. Well, you'd think after narrowly avoiding death in a German concentration camp and an eight-day trek across supposedly 100 miles of rough terrain, Jack would be ready for a little rest and recuperation, maybe. However, that wasn't Mad Jack Churchill's style. No sooner had he gotten a shower, shave, and a hot meal, he was ready and asking where the action was and how fast he could get there. He sounds like major pain. (laughs) Well, by this point, the action that Churchill was looking for, it was going on in Japan. So that's where Jack went. To his frustration, though, by the time he reached India, the United States had already dropped atomic bombs on the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, forcing Japan's surrender. Jack half-jokingly told a friend, you know... 
If it weren't for those damned Yanks, we could have kept this war going for another ten years. I like I like how he went from Scottish to British. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he spoke really. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go both. I would say, yeah. It's either one of those, I would think. <laughs> in late night covering all his bases. Yeah. I'll do him I'll do him in each uh, accent. We'll go back and in late 1945, there was a small skirmish between British troops and a small army that attempted to invade uh, Sarawak, Borneo, and Brunei. <laughs> but Jack missed out on this as well. Ah, uh, missed out on killing? He did. Dang. Frustrated and on the lookout for more action, Jack transferred to the Seaforth Highlanders and enrolled in jump school, where at 40 years of age, he qualified as a paratrooper. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm 40 and I got a limp when I wake up. That's me. Like, like, golly. Uh, yeah, and like, this guy doesn't from all this stuff. A grenade knocked him out and he's fine. I pulled a muscle in my shoulder the other day tying my shoe. <laughs> and this guy is my age and qualifying as a paratrooper. <laughs> you know? He's in a little better shape. <laughs> in 1946, Jack took a little time off to be in another movie, this time a 20th Century Fox film called... Ivanhoe! Ooh, nice. Turns out Jack's old rowing companion, Robert Taylor, was starring and wanted Jack to appear as an archer, firing from the wall of Warwick Castle. As usual, though, it seemed like war was always calling out for Jack. Of course. By the spring of 48, Jack was in Palestine as second in command of 1st Battalion, the Highland Light Infantry. Jack was posted in the middle of a highly dangerous area, constantly under attack by the Arabs and Jewish radicals. Can you, can you say Arabs anymore? That's I thought how- it was Arabs. I'm going to say that again. Constantly under attack by the Arabs and Jewish radicals. One day in May, a Jewish medical convoy, which was ambulances, trucks, and some buses, was ambushed by the Arabs on a narrow street in Jerusalem. Jack rushed to the trapped convoy in his armored car and approached one of the buses. Mind you, he was wearing his kilt, Glengarry bonnet, red and white diced stockings, Sam Brown belt, and white spats with his Scottish broadsword at his side. He assured everyone there that he could safely transport them out of the street and to safety, but his offer was refused. Probably because show up looking like a goddamn clown, and these people don't know whether to trust you or not. If you're in a life or death, this this just occurred to me as I'm reading this. If you're in a life or death situation, nothing against the Scottish what he's dressed as, right? I think no. it looks badass. Yeah, I do too. But let's I mean, th- that's what they basically wear to guard the castle, right? I yeah. Mean- right. And I'm now imagining you have never seen that. Sure. Right, and so this this guy shows up dressed like that, and he's like, "I can get you out," and you know they're like, "Ah, uh, I don't know." Then he walk up and say, "Like, come with me if you want to live." <laughs> get to the chopper. I like it. I like it. It's all my heroes as a kid. <laughs> His offer was refused. The people instead elected to wait for the Haganah, which was the Jewish defense force, to rescue them. By this time, the Arabs had resumed their attack, and after one of Jack's men was mortally wounded, they retreated to a safer position, where they continued to try to help protect the military, uh, the convoy with small arms fire. Unfortunately, the Haganah never showed, and the convoy vehicles were soon battered with gasoline bombs, killing 77 people. This dude could have got them out. He, he probably could have yeah. got all of them out. Dang. Yeah, that's a really sad deal. Jack was still able to evacuate many Jewish people from the university and hospital at Jerusalem's Mount Scopus. Um, Over 700 people he saved that day. In later years, Jack served as an instructor at the Land Air Warfare School in Australia, where he became a passionate devotee of the surfboard. Back in England, he was the first man to ride the Severn Rivers five-foot tidal bore and design his own surfboard. 
with a bagpipe. With a bagpipe. <laughs> he finally we might have. For all we don't know, get water in that did. thing. But yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> he was playing like the Beach Boys or something on the bagpipe. He finally retired from the army with two awards of the Distinguished Service Order in 1959, but continued to work as a Ministry of Defense civilian overseeing the training of cadet force youngsters in the London district. Jack and his wife, Rose, Rosamond, Rosamond, spent their time sailing coal-fired steam launches on the Thames River between Oxford and Richmond. Jack was also well-known for his intricate and accurate radio-controlled models of ships, mostly warships, all so carefully engineered and built that they were much sought after by collectors and still are today. You know, one time I heard that he, he sat down. <laughs> and had some tea, yes. just for a minute. Yeah, he only did that once his whole life. Isn't that crazy? He died in the spring of 1996 at the age of 89. Golly, he died the year I graduated high school. He graduated from life yeah. the year you graduated from high school. That's crazy. Peacefully was funny through that end. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the only peaceful thing. Yeah, no, you you're, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, I was lying about the tea. Never, I guess God just needed another badass in heaven. I guess he so. He just needed another badass. <laughs> He's up there right now kicking ass in some heavenly way. Yeah. Hey, this, just to be serious for half a second, I'm serious. I had the best dream ever last night. And I want to, sometimes I forget stuff. I don't think I'd forget this, but I'm going to say it on the podcast. Okay. In the dream, I'm just walking up a hill and it's like a, it's no trees really. It's like a meadow, mm-hmm. grassy field, meadow going up the hill. And at the top, it kind of plateaued. And then there's like an old kind of fifties diner there. Cool. And there's some outside tables. And then my mom, who passed away you know a couple years ago is sitting at one of the tables and like the sun's catching right on her and she's got like a really white and for those of you who don't know she was 94 when she passed and she she looked like 94 was, mm-hmm. was crazy but she still looked like vibrant and she always she always had short hair but at the time she passed she really didn't get it cut anymore and it was long and it was kind of reddish like mine and her hair is just down and it just looks like her and she's peeling an orange just like sitting at this table and just kind of eating it. And I walk up and pull the other chair out from the other side and sit down. And I'm like, Hey mom. And she's just like, hi. And like the wind's kind of blowing her blouse a little bit and her hair. And I was just like, my God, you look beautiful. Yeah. And she was just like, well, thank you. And then I woke up. I like woke up feeling the best. It was like the best way to look, to wake up, dude. It was, I told my wife as soon as I woke up, I just had the best dream I've ever had. It was fantastic. I wonder Dude, if your brain... So when was that? This morning. Oh, I wonder wow. if your brain knew that you needed that, right? It's like uh, maybe. going through a little bit. It's it like, was just... It was so peaceful, yeah. and she was just... We didn't even talk. She was just kind of smiling at me, and we would just like peel off one of the little, a little wedge of the yeah. orange and kind of eat it, and I was just sitting there, and we were just looking at each other, and I was just like, my God, you look so beautiful, Mom. And then yeah. I woke up. It was crazy, man. Yeah. Anyway... That's a weird way to cap off this bizarre episode, sure. but I just had to say no, that. That's really cool. No, that's cool. It yeah, we like, share that anytime. You want to wake up like, like that. that every morning. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. What about you guys? Very good episode. Very good. That guy was a bad A for sure. He absolutely. And there's there's an American version of him that we're gonna do a mini on fairly soon. Oh, like Audie Murphy? No, uh, John Rambo. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Audie Murphy, Rambo. though, is the American version of him, but this is another guy. My sister actually told me uh, Chesty Pooler. Oh. He was like the, the baddest ass Marine who ever lived. We'll okay. do that at one of these days. But Just dropping a little Audie Murphy then. Uh, watch the movie To Hell and Back. It's an older movie. 
but Audie Murphy stars in it because he kind of became an actor after he retired from from the military. But so it's like a biopic. It is. It is a biopic. Wow. He stars about in- him, and he stars in it. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to watch it with my dad all the time growing up, and everything. Cool. It was one of his favorite movies. I watched um, that this to week. To Hell and Back. Mm-hmm. Cool. To Hell and Back. It's a great movie. That is awesome. There's man. a Don of Mantis recommendation for you guys. To Hell and Back. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for that. All right. So uh, we're out, guys. Have a good night, and thanks for listening.